You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. All right, so I, everyone's looking for a new revelation. First, let me tell you, this is a brand new day. The Lord says, I make all things new. So it's not a surprise to me when things open up. I wasn't surprised at all because I was expecting something to happen because I, I trust the Lord. I know, I, I know, I honestly believe and I'm not arrogant. I'm too old to be cared what people think about me. So I'm telling you, I'm convinced I hear the Lord. And so I came on in God's timing and I know this is a new day. God is doing great new things. Do not be concerned about COVID. It's on its way out. Having... Having said that, every Friday at 5 o'clock your time, we have a live prayer on Facebook for COVID. So join us. The more we join for those five minutes, the more power there is. When two, two, one puts a thousand of light, two, ten thousand. Let's get it together. Let's do it together. All right. So most preachers look for a new revelation or something profound to astound, excite, and thrill the people. My heart is I love the Lord more than anything, I, more than life itself. And His kingdom is my main concern. I go to bed thinking about the kingdom. I wake up thinking about how can I promote the name of the Lord and His kingdom. And so I go to the fundamentals often. And today I want to talk about superpower. Because my grandkids love to watch these Marvel comic movies and all these superpowers. When they play, they all got superpowers. I want to give you a Christian superpower today. It's very fundamental, and I've been walking with it a long time. I'm going to tell you as if you were my children today. My kids often come to me over the years that I've raised children, and they'll tell me things that are bothering them. They'll come to me looking for solutions, and I would usually tell them, don't tell me what you don't have. Tell me a little bit what you do have. And I make them recite what it is that they have. And it's always astounding the things that they find out that they have. There's one, always one annoying thing, but 10 things to be excited and grateful for. And it always, reciting those things always changes their minds, their hearts, and the atmosphere around them. The devil wants you to focus on, on always on the negative thing. And Jesus said, in this, in this world, you'll have many troubles. So I want to teach you today about a great superpower called thankfulness. It's something we so easily neglect and shake off. And I cannot tell you how important it is to, in my own journey to be thankful. I am genuinely thankful. Even being here, the pastor is so kind to me, but I count it an enormous privilege. And it's not acting humble. I really feel that because I know who I am. I know I'm nothing without the Lord. And I'm only here because of His goodness and grace. And the, this church has been extremely kind to me, more than any church I know around the world. And so I feel so privileged to be here because you're an amazing church with a power impact touching lives. I remember the first time when I ever ministered for your pastor around the corner here in this tiny hot, hot building. They were, it was small, <laughs> had no air conditioning. And I had a pastor friend who said, I've seen churches come and go and that will be one of those again. And some said, where's come and go? And we're still here Amen. years and years later. And touching lives and people getting saved. And, and uh, Eric thinks it's the most inspiring thing to have a plastic bath in the front to baptize people. <laughs> so he's asking, are we going to do that again? And he said, no, we're going to the sea to do that. So I said, if you take him, take, baptize him and hold him down a long time. <laughs> it, anyway, so... <laughs> Thankfulness. Now, the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, I want to read this morning if I can get my, my iPhone to open up. All right, the Bible. You know, Jesus uses iPhone. I hope you know that. You didn't know that? He said, I am. So, iPhone, iPad, 
I'm Mac. I mean, hey, logic. You've got to be Jewish to have logic. All right, so 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, simple scripture says, Give thanks, not because or for, but in. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you to give thanks. We have to be thankful. Even Jesus, when he had broken the bread and wanted to feed the 5,000, looked up and gave thanks. It was his whole attitude and demeanor to give thanks. I've always noted when we go out to dinner with pastors over the years, I've always watched what they do at lunch or dinner if they really give thanks. And many times the pastor will be flippant and say, well, I'm not religious. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Or it's all blessed, my grocers. They'll make comments like that, which is sad to my soul. I'll tell you why. Because when you're in love with someone, all you talk about is them. When you like your car, all you t- whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And if God's are coming out of your mouth, I wonder what's inside of you. Because I want to hear the Lord spoken about. It should be the main topic of conversation, not your golf game. Didn't like that, did you? So when we go to dinner and there's no thankfulness, genuine thankfulness, and it's flippant, it's always disturbing to me when people are not thankful. The whole spirit of thankfulness. If you give thanks with a grateful heart, gratitude is having the whole demeanor of understanding who you are in Christ and why you are grateful. If you understand that everything is a gift from God, you have a whole grateful attitude. There's always something that you want. You pray and pray for that car. You need a vehicle. You get a car. And now that you have the car, you're grateful for it. But you saw your friend's car and you wonder if I could get a little bigger car and maybe I could get a car with a different kind of radio system in it. And you always want the next thing. You know, Ahab had such a vast amount of, of vineyards, but there was one close to the palace that he wanted one single person and one single piece of land and he had to take it. His wife Jezebel encouraged him to take it. David, King David said, your boundaries have fallen in lovely places. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm not always looking over the next mountain for the next thing. I'm grateful for what you've given me and I recite that. Remembering all his benefits, Psalm 103 says, remembering all his benefits. If you start to give thanks, you cannot enter his courts without thanksgiving. It has to be a way of life. It's not just a, a thing you do on occasion. It becomes a lifestyle. Without thanksgiving or a thankful heart, you will never be humble. It is the main ingredient to get a humble heart. Do you understand? Because when you have an entitlement and you think that something is your right, and I want to tell you that I genuinely don't think when I come to a church that I'm entitled to a nice hotel or whatever they do, they treat me like I'm royalty here and it sometimes makes me uncomfortable because I don't think I'm entitled to any of it. Everything is a blessing and none of it is my right. Do you understand? If I eat wonderful food, I am very grateful. I don't take it for granted. Nothing do I take for granted. It's all the good things. All good things come from Him. He's the God, the blesser. And you can get so focused on what you think you should have, or what you think is your right, and only fools, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, compare themselves to others. If you look at the other person, you know, Peter said, what about John? In John 21, Jesus says, what's it to you? How is that 
concerning you what's happening to John. You follow me. Get your focus on me, not on him. And so we don't compare. We don't say, well, he's got a nice car. He's got, no, we don't. We can't be envious. I don't know how to be jealous because I have everything in him. Paul said, I've found the secret to contentment. Why is it a secret? Why does nobody? Because it's there for you to have, but if you're not looking for it, you're not going to get it. It's a secret to contentment. I discovered that some years ago, and I tell you, it changed my life. The secret to contentment is in Him, because there's nothing in this world that can make you content. So no matter what your circumstances is, if you are in love with Him and you love the Lord, then you're content. Then they have got nothing you could possibly want. You can admire their nice things. You can be glad for them. But you don't want it because you're really satisfied. Do you understand that? The best thing in your life is your relationship with the Lord. It's the most important thing on this earth for you. It's your relationship with the Lord. You've got to keep going after. God wants you to pursue Him. He wants you to get hungry for Him, not for what He has to do or can do or should be doing, you think, for you, but rather Himself. He wants to be wanted. He will add everything to you if His kingdom and His heart is the most important thing to you. Then all that stuff comes and it becomes, when He does start giving it to you, it's irrelevant to you. Sometimes you'll chase the stuff and God will give it to you because he's so kind and he's so patient. But what he really, where the happiness really lays is in him. No matter how much stuff you have, it's never going to content, make you content and happy. When you start reciting thankfulness with all of your heart, making a thankful lifestyle, and you need to speak it. You need to tell your soul continually why you're thankful. In fact, we do it all the time in the car. But my wife and I and the, and the staff, what we do is we, when in the car, we'll go through, every morning, we'll say, what are you thankful for? And we'll recite one thing every day just to remind our souls how grateful and how blessed we are. Because we can quick, quickly whine and start murmuring like a Jew. If only we had some meat, then the quail comes. Every day we have quail, you can change it up a little bit. You know, it's always something. And manna, <laughs> you can boil, you can steam, you can bake, you can fry, but it's still manna. And you can get quickly tired of something. But if your heart's thankful, you're grateful because we, God has to often take or allow things to, to be taken away from you so that you realize what you had. I, you don't have to do that, God. I, I got you. Got your back, God. I'm grateful. Do you understand? I'm very grateful for all that he does. Are you here with me? Are you, are you saying God loves you so much and he wants to bless you, but you have to have a thankful heart. The moment you start getting mad at God because he's not doing what you want him to do, you think you're entitled to something. There's no gratitude. It's not a grateful heart. And you start reciting gratitude and not being dissatisfied with things, but being giving thanks for everything in Christ. Everything. It is God's will for you to have a thankful heart. And it will, it will spill over to ungodly people. It'll get on them. That thank but you'll hear if you go to work how they whine and complain. And it's horrible when Christians whine and complain when they're unthankful. Are you hearing me? COVID will reset your life and change so many things. And it is the whole world is looking for some answers. And they went into panic mode. And we alone are the salt of the earth. No, Islam will not help you. If Buddhism will cut quiet the God for Islam. Are you guys scared of Islam? Please don't be scared of them. Nothing. Come on now. There's only one God. God's not a Muslim. God's a Christian. Are you hearing me? God's a Christian. He's not even, he, he's not even a Buddhist or, a, or, anything, or a Hare Krishna. They can't help you. All you have to do is watch what, how the world behave. Look at the years, 2021, after Christ. Not after Muhammad. 
Well, Hare Krishna or Buddha, the whole world. In fact, watch a movie. When they curse and they always use the name of Jesus, why can't they say, oh, Muhammad? For Hare Krishna's sake. Why would they use those names? Because there is no other name given. There's no other name given whereby man shall be saved. And the world knows it. And you can go to work and talk about anything religious-wise, and they'll listen. But mention the name of Jesus, who they don't believe in, and watch them squirm and get angry and uncomfortable. Because he's real. They, they just tell me about their, their agnostic, heathen ways. They confess. They, they, he's real. They tell me all the time. And in a time like this, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And when we're thankful in, in, in the circumstances, it generates something in them. They wonder what's wrong with us. And we need to be grateful. Start reciting all that we're grateful for. Start giving thanks to the Lord in everything. A grateful heart. It's a superpower. Faith will arise in your heart when you're thankful for what you have. I promise you, it's supernatural. Are you with me? All right. I'm gonna, my time is kicking. Some, I've made it very short and very fast. I hope you all could hear it fast. The blessing, the blessing has three lines and, and two verbs in every line. It's badly translated, unfortunately, from the Hebrew. Uh, Moses told Aaron to put his hands on the people and God would bless them and say this. Did not say, may the Lord bless you. It does not say that at all. It says, Yahweh bless you, which is God's personalized name. If we said, Lord, may, God, if may the Lord bless you, it would say, Adonai. Adonai is Lord in Hebrew. Adonai Alechim is Lord God bless you. But it says, very personally, most unusual, it doesn't talk about Yahweh so easily. May Yahweh, because he's dear to you, he's close to you, bless you. Do you good. And keep you is to protect the actual Hebrew word. Hebrew is a very interesting language. It means different things, the words in different contexts. And to protect you is to cover you, to protect you from COVID, to protect you from attacks, to, to protect you from all the difficulty that might come your way. So may God, may Yahweh bless you and cover you, protect you. The second line is, may he make his light shine on you. His light, because Jesus said, there are not 12 hours in day, that the daylight, when you walk in the light, you cannot fall, you cannot stumble, you're safe. Light brings you safety. He is the Lord of light. And if there's much more I can tell you about light, I haven't got time. But he says, may he make his light to shine upon you and give you grace. Give you grace. That's what the second line says. Give you grace. And the grace that that Hebrew word refers to is not the grace you understand, which is the, the mercy on steroids. It's grace. It is graces like this, that if you're an ant walking across the table, he has the power to crush you. But because you are so insignificant, he's mindful of you. He's mindful that you really don't have much to offer. So he's showing you grace. But he make his light to shine upon you and, and show you grace. Because give you grace because he knows that you weak. The third line is, may he make his face look upon you, to turn towards you. That is amazing that God would pay attention. The creator of all these universes pay attention to you and give you shalom, which is more than peace. Shalom is total state of well-being. So if you say shalom to anybody, you're not just saying peace, you're saying great blessing, all that is good to be on you. Just let you know, you make you Gentiles, little Hebrews here today. All right, so 
<laughs> May God bless you and keep you. May He make His light shine upon you and give you grace. May He, may he make His face and His countenance be upon you and give you great peace. Amen.